the amount of times that actually when I phone people, hmm. they mistake me for a woman. Why? Is uh, ridiculous. Who are all these people who think, <laughs> what's wrong with people? Well, it's, it's, well, I think it's because I have a telephone voice. So I'm talking to you now, but when, I, when I'm at work and I'm, hello. Oh, really? Yeah, I go up a bit and I can't, I, I, I'm aware that I do it and I will stop it when I sort of catch myself. But most of the time I have a telephone speaking voice, a bit like Hyacinth Bouquet. Mm. <laughs> but <laughs> it's when I, I say, yeah, well, if you can just let them know that Joseph Heathcote phoned uh, and I'd really like to discuss this case. Fine, fine, fine. They'll take my details and they'll get a phone call and they'll go, yeah, hello, hi. Go, yeah, uh, can I speak to Josie? Josie. Like Josie. we do, we don't have a Josie. Do you mean Joseph? I'm like no, no, Josie Heathcote. <laughs> oh, right. Oh well, it, it's me. It's Joseph Heathcote. No, no, no. The female nurse. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so what you're saying bit, is you're getting a bit weird that you're arguing with me now, but <laughs> it's definitely me. I'm Joseph Heathcote. I'm I'm the nurse, and as far as I know, I don't have a secret sister who also works at this organisation. Uh. Secret sister. That's a band name. <laughs> hey up, I'm Joe Heathcote and this is Consistently Eccentric, a podcast where I will attempt to teach a friend of mine a lesson from British history, focusing specifically on the lesser known and less believable people and events that the history books tend to leave out. So let's get started with... Are you ready? Yeah, that's right. I think, I think if, we don't, if we don't do yeah, it now, we're going to get going. I need to go. That's a good incentive. <laughs> So, this story begins and then it ends. Uh, no. <laughs> it's a story about nothing. I it's could a... probably talk about nothing for a good while, to be honest. So, this story begins in the Tudor era. Hey. Yay. Bit different for us. And the three words mm. that hopefully will give you a flavour of what we're going to talk about. Kidnap. I got a fever for the flavour. Sorry, carry on. Kidnap. Mm. Mm-hmm. Pillywinks. <laughs> what the fuck are pillywinks? <laughs> and bedchamber. I... Okay. We will, we will find out what pillywinks are. I'm no. not just dangling that for I'm you. I'm hanging on tenterhooks. So, in 1563, the mm. British Isles were treated to two new witchcraft acts. Boss. One in England and one in Scotland. Like anti-opro. <laughs> 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 Generally anti, I think. I love the idea of England being like, we ban the witches and Scotland being like, hey, you ban them, do you? We fucking love them. <laughs> Actually, it's completely inverted. The English Act was quite forward thinking for the time and only demanded the death penalty if harm was caused to another person by the witchcraft. Oh, wow. So like, you, like they, were, they were at a point where they were like, helpful witchcraft is now allowed. Well, no, you'd still probably be fined, or you may have a period of imprisonment. They didn't want witchcraft anyway, because it was against... But you couldn't be yeah. killed anymore. Yeah. Right, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, lesser witchy offences, yeah, jail time. Pro- progressive for the time. <laughs> Although I, I read an amazing thing. It was an account of what a judge um, gave as a, um, a statement after some people brought a witch to them, uh, and they said, yeah, we found this woman flying on a broomstick. Really? Yeah. Uh, this is so she's a witch. Was we need everyone you, on drugs. <laughs> we need you to punish her. She's been flying around on a broomstick. And his answer was, as far as I'm aware, in England there is no law against flying. <laughs> and dismiss the case. <laughs> oh, like, uh, this is I'm, a great I'm, bit of sass for someone in the 1500s. Oh, what a top judge! You just no. This is 
bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not to say that accusations of witchcraft did not increase following the introduction of the act. In fact, after it was instituted... Actually, I can see that psychologically. Maybe in a way, like people were like, oh, I really, really don't like Brenda. I really, I'll call her a witch. I'll call her, oh, I can't do it. She'll get killed. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then, then all of a sudden, this act comes into force and goes, as long as you say that she didn't harm anyone, maybe she'll just get the shit kicked out of her or something. Oh, I could do that. Yeah, she'll just go to prison. Well, it means that she won't be at Fiona's wedding, which would be brilliant for me because I don't want that awkward conversation at the moment. They always put us on the same fucking table. Just because we're the same age doesn't mean we have the same interests. God. She likes churning butter. I'm all about stitching. But yes, uh, after it was instituted, when a murder did occur... Hmm. magistrates were seven times more likely to suspect witchcraft as the cause than poison as the <laughs> method of dispatching the victim. This is in um, a death, a suspicious death right, without an obvious right, cause. Right, right. So although it it was quite forward-thinking, it also... Opened the door to a lot of nutters. Yeah, a lot of nutters. In Scotland, however, hmm. things were a bit more strict. <laughs> Any practising of witchcraft at all, even if it was to help others... Or even the act of consulting with a suspected witch uh, were considered capital offences. So everyone was getting murdered all the time. If State you murdered. went and talked to the crazy old lady who knew a bit about herbs, and, you were running the risk of yeah. And literally anyone got wind of it and it could be hold, off, over yeah. your head. Yeah. So three years after this act, the heir to the Scottish throne, Prince James Stuart, was born. I knew it would be the Stuarts because they had a mad on for yeah. witches. Well, within 13 months, his mother, Mary, Queen of Scots, had abdicated and he was declared James VI of Scotland. So he's a year old and he is King of Scotland. Just doing okay. <laughs> what, <laughs> did honest, I, what did what I do? Yeah, one year what old? you achieved? <laughs> to um, be fair, the, the flip side of that argument is you don't need to do anything to become king. <laughs> it's, it's sort of given to you. <laughs> well, it was definitely given to him. I mean, yes. I think... She abdicated based purely upon the fact that, you know, her son would carry on. Yeah, wasn't she like, it was a political thing because England was making all the fuss about it, wasn't it? Mm. Thanks, Elizabeth. But without a mother, James was brought up by a number of regents instead uh, who supported his rule, Mm. which I'm guessing was pretty much by ruling in his stead for Mm. most of this time. Mm -hmm. The majority of this, um, these people... Because there was the, the, there was more. I mean, you'd imagine it'd be like a Jafar kind of situation, where it's just like this one evil viziers. Yeah, yeah but it was a, a, a continuation of different people, and most of them. Yeah, but uh, I, I could see how that would work out because it would be like there would be like a whole bunch of nobles who have of more or less equal power with each other, and it would be like right, okay, so this laird is going to get his turn for a couple of years, but then we don't want to give him too much extended power, so we'll all vote, we'll all get rid of him with the threat of violence, you know. Well, what actually happened is most of them tried to beat him into being a good king. Uh, And many of them died in mysterious circumstances. We don't have time to go into them on this episode, but yeah. There were that many. Yeah, it was was a very, very precarious position being the regent at this time. Oh, I could still see that as well. I can imagine that, like, (laughs) say, there's an ambitious nobleman who, like, wants a word with the king. And he's like, right, so... This chieftain over here is your regent. He's beating you a lot, is he? Mm. Well, if I was regent... <laughs> the be, beatings might be, it'd be less severe? It'd be ice cream and 
whatever no, else. No. The beatings were going to continue because <laughs> until morale through, improved. No, <laughs> <laughs> through all of the political manoeuvring, he remained under the close eye of the Scottish Protestant Church or the Kirk, as it's known. Yep. Then, Those crazy, crazy psychopaths. <laughs> well, at age 12, James met 37-year-old Esme Stewart. He became very close to Esme. Wait, to the incre- wait, Stewart as in his own family member? Quite a way away. Right, but, yeah. okay. um, he became very close to Esme, and t- this was to the increasing concern of the Scottish nobility, mm-hmm. especially when James became king in his own right at 13 and made Esme the only duke in Scotland. You can't... Esme you was, a, after all, a, a man. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Esme was a man. Fair enough. So concerned with the Scottish nobility that Esme might be drawing the king into the realms of carnal lust. What, they thought he was gay for his, like, third cousin twice removed? Hmm. Uh, they actually kidnapped James and not only forced Esme to leave the country, but also subjugated James to a rebuke from his chaplain. That was so harsh that it made him cry. Oh, so they I, I, sent away his potential lover, hmm. uh, and at the very the, least, close confidant. Yeah, and then shouted at him so much that they made him cry. And this was at the age of thirteen. Poor bugger. Yeah. Although, on the other hand, if he was having sexual relations with a thirty-seven-year-old man, like okay, they probably they, saved they, him. They from... didn't need to make him cry about it, but it was probably best that they were separated. <laughs> yeah. So Esme was gone, but it is noted that the king continued to prefer the company of men and that he remained nobly chaste, waiting for the right woman to come right. along. So he was—he was, he, was he, he, he had the big gay. Well, it's never been confirmed, but there's lots of rumours that, yes, he, he was... Um, the gay. Definitely interested in both. <laughs> Which, you know, it, it's difficult enough, but when you're in a high-level position... In a country that's mad on for Protestantism. Yeah, like you're, psycho-Protestantism. <laughs> you're probably going to be expected to change that aspect of yourself. So the nobles decided to arrange a marriage for James. Because that's what's going to work. Mm. You you marry a woman and then you're no longer gay. Yeah, the gay goes away. Everybody yeah. knows that. Uh, they selected a 14-year-old Anne of Denmark well, as at his least, bride. At least they got someone who's like commensurate in age with him like the, the, the traditional like sort of nobility arranging marriages for a king would be like right we've got this 12 year old do we have anybody over 40 preferably somebody with some sort of venereal disease <laughs> i mean either that or you go and find a royal couple who are looking to conceive in the near future and, <laughs> yeah, you, and you get in there future baby yeah. uh, so a proxy marriage was held what you can yeah. do that <laughs> uh, meaning that a stand-in for james was present at the actual ceremony oh man that would have been, i wish that you if i could have had a proxy wedding then i could have actually had a wedding with my wife's family there <laughs> well they also had a proxy consummation which is were um what yes so you would have a noble um unsheath his leg and lay it on the marital bed and the woman would the newly made bride would touch the leg with witnesses and that would be the marriage consummated by proxy. Oh, to make it fully legal because yeah. an unconsummated marriage isn't technically yeah. a marriage. So that's that's the way they consummated it. So she, she touched a hairy Scotsman's leg and then they were she, legally they were married, fully yeah. married. And then attempted to sail to Scotland. Religion is wild. To meet her new husband. Who so she, she technically had had the sex with. Well, yeah. Uh, but she was forced back by a storm. 
which you know is the North Sea. That's fair enough. Witchcraft. Uh, a storm presented uh, prevented a second attempt to sail, mm. and then a third. Definitely witchcraft. Well, yeah. The same storms led to the drowning of Jane Kennedy in the River Forth, which is uh, significant, mm. as this was the lady that James had chosen to be the chief lady in waiting for his new wife. So three storms had stopped him from meeting his wife and had also caused the death of the chief lady in waiting, you know, the, the his top, new wife's the number top one. servant, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Concerned at how long it was taking, James decided he'd sail to Denmark to get Anne himself. Oh, so he was on board with his marriage. Yeah, it was a lovely and romantic gesture. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's... The dashing young king. Yeah, and he wants to go and make sure that she gets across. Get his bride. Yeah. Mm. Uh... Though he had, to be fair, after, before making this lovely romantic gesture, he'd asked the Earl of Bothwell. Um, but the Earl of Bothwell had said, I'll go, but I'll need a bit of money for sundry expenses. <laughs> I'll want to take the nicest ship. I might have sex with your wife. <laughs> well, essentially, he was like, yeah, if you make it worth my while. And James thought, damn, it's not, it's not damn worth, you, Bothwell. It's not worth I'll go myself. He got to Anne without incident. But when they tried to sail, when they tried to sail home, yet another storm blew up, and they were forced to stop over in Norway. So it's it turned, not the worst, because he got a honeymoon out of it. All right, uh, yeah. The Danish admiral, who mm. was sort of in charge of trying to get this this the woman across back home, yeah. to Scotland, because this was the fourth time they tried to get Anne across. Um, he stated that it was obviously witchcraft. I mean, he seems. Who is this man who is so wise in the ways of science? Well, not not only was it obviously witchcraft, he had a clear culprit, and it was the wife of an administrator that he had insulted. So he, he not only I was see no reason to doubt this. He's clearly a street level. Yeah, individual. Not only was the plot against the king witchcraft, it was perpetrated by people he didn't like. Yeah, someone that he'd upset. Because that kind of tallies. Right, so, all, of, all of all of this is perfectly logical. King James, you might have ignored this comment as the superstition of a sailor. Uh, had he not just so happened to have met a Danish expert in demonology, Nels Hemmingston, a rugged older man <laughs> who began to teach a very keen James all <laughs> about witchcraft. Did it involve lots of late night sessions where they both ended up shirtless and sweaty? Well, <laughs> how I, else do you do demonology? Yeah. <laughs> what a stupid question, Matt. <laughs> as, as far as I understand it, demonology, witchcraft, they're all big into candle lit suppers. Well, candle, candle lit caressing, of, snogging, <laughs> <laughs> intimate ceremonies. <laughs> oh, possibly the clarity of good versus evil and the suggestion that people could be bewitched into thinking and doing things outside of societal norms appealed to a young man struggling to figure out his sexual orientation. Oh. But I have no evidence to back that up. Yeah, why couldn't people just be okay with the gay? It's just a pet theory that if you've got a potentially bisexual or gay man who's expected to be a very masculine... Symbol of yeah. macho pride and strength for a whole nation. And you plant the and idea... maybe in, what he actually wants yeah. is big cocks <laughs> and you plant the idea into his head that there's a way fault. that you can make people think and do things that they would they never otherwise do, do yeah. that he might latch onto that quite hard because yeah. it gives a great ready-made explanation yeah and also you know on top of that sublimate a lot of his passions you know well, like if, if if he's got a lot of urges and strong desires 
maybe in you know it's a known thing that you can redirect those into other areas like what artists do mm. like you know they can't always do exactly what they like they're frustrated in life in some ways and it explodes out of them in artistic creation so james wanted something we don't something we don't know what it was and it exploded out of him in a desire to burn the witches well he was very suddenly convinced that witchery was definitely afoot I just, I just, I, uh, I can't even march down to my new wife's bedchambers and consummate the marriage properly because I'm just so angry about these witches. <laughs> I can so, see it now. The Danes, possibly embarrassed at the king having to travel to pick up his own queen hmm. and then being delayed getting home, they gave James a dowry of 85,000 Danish dailers, which was an amount sounds like a of lot money. Of, yeah. it, What's a dealer? Is it like a herring? <laughs> I have no idea what a dealer is. And I'm, I'm assuming it's a lot of money. It sounds like a lot. Yeah. Uh, then they waved the royal couple off. And on the fifth From attempt... Norway. Yep. And was able to make it across How to Scotland. How did the Danes give him money in Norway? They'd already done that before. Yeah. Right. The, okay. Sorry. 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 I'm just I'm being obtuse, sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Danes also decided to show that they were super duper sorry. Uh, and they did this by holding some witch trials. Mm. Now, the Danish finance minister, Christopher Valkendorf did. Christopher. Christopher. He's really called Christopher. He's called Christopher Valkendorf. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most Danish name I've ever heard. Yeah, it may have been that he personally wanted to quieten the rumours that the issues faced by the royal ships in the storms might have had something to do with the fact that he'd been trying to save a little bit of money when he was equipping them. <laughs> so, <laughs> they may not have been 100% seaworthy. So, so this, this whole thing is like gay Scooby-Doo. <laughs> like, if you look, there's actually a rational explanation. It's just a whole bunch of adults being dickheads. Yeah. And in the middle of it, there's these crazy mixed-up kids who yeah. think they're chasing witches. Well. <laughs> I'd have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for the Danish. <laughs> well, some things never change, because then, as now, if you need a scapegoat, you blame a Karen. Specifically, <laughs> a woman known as Karen the Weaver, who was accused of raising the storm to try and stop Anne from getting to her husband. Was she a Danish witch? Yes. Supposedly. Which makes you question why she would do that. Yes. She was arrested and tortured. And funnily, under a lot of torture, she confessed. And she started <laughs> naming other women as accomplices. Ah, uh, hysteria. In the end, it was another woman called Anna Coldings who was considered to be the head witch. Mm-hmm. And throughout... This, all, this is all perfectly legitimate. She got the moniker Mother of the Devil. Mother uh, of the Devil. Mother of the Devil, yeah. a big yeah. one, Jesus. Uh, but both Karen and... So basically she was being accused of being... They, they didn't think through the theological implications of that because what they're accusing her of directly there is having sex with God. Yeah, which would be very blasphemous. Yeah. But As also, we know, God's a woman, so that's lesbianism <laughs> straight away. Yeah, but also it would make her incredibly holy. Because God wasn't even inside Mary. <laughs> like, well, regardless of her you know, disputed holy state. <laughs> Karen, Anna, and another 10 women were burned at the stake. And this outcome was sent in a letter to James in order to demonstrate that the Danish people finally and truly were really very, super duper, very sorry for the minor inconvenience he and his new wife had suffered because ultimately it was a delayed trip. Mm, yeah. I and mean, it, if, if things got really bad, they could have just put her on a carriage, sent her to France and shipped her across Dover. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, probably not. Like Going through England probably would have been a mistake, wouldn't it? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, James read about the witch trials and, still enthralled with the tales from Hemmingson, 
he decided that he could use the 1563 laws to stage a little witch trial of his own in Scotland mm-hmm. um, as he was sure that any attempt on his life would have to have been international in scope. So the the fact that the Danish witches had been burned for exactly what had happened... Proved beyond a reason, beyond any reasonable doubt that there were Scottish witches involved yes. as well. Despite the fact that none of the Danish witches had oh my mentioned... My, my earlier assumption that he was like, I just I can't be with my wife until all the witches are gone. Yeah, yeah. He's he's looking for reasons here, Keith. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. So he, he was waiting for a chance, anything. He was on a hair trigger, and he got his chance when a young servant called Gillis Duncan was accused of being a witch by her former employer after she had been suspiciously able to make people better using medicine. Crazy bitch. I know. She said at first that she was not a witch. Seems reasonable. <laughs> but after a prolonged spell of torture, she admitted that she had sold See, her soul to the devil. This is why we need to bring back torture, because it always gets to the truth. <laughs> it does. She sold her soul to the devil, making her stepdaughter of Anne. Of course. Mother of the devil. Um, Is how it works? Like, once they've got your soul, you're part of the family. No, she'll be your step-granddaughter, wouldn't she? Um... Wow. The infernal hierarchy yeah. is really confusing. And that in in compensation for selling her soul to the devil, she had been given the power to cure people of right. minor ailments. So the devil in this incarnation is pretty chill. So the devil is essentially, in this, in this incarnation, is the equivalent of a fairly decent university training doctors. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Come to hell university. <laughs> Unfortunately, though... That wasn't enough. Right. And they thought, we torture a bit more. I'm sure more of the truth mm. will come out. And it course, did. And she began accusing locals from North Berwick of being members of a witch's coven who met at the old church mm. on the green to worship Satan. Of course. Loads of them. So on hearing about the case, James, he immediately went to North Berwick himself. To torture people and get more well, truth. He was suspecting that this was definitely the coven that had conspired to try and murder him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. James took part in both the questioning and the torturing of some of the spe- of some of the suspected witches, and methods included mm-hmm. the rack. <laughs> you know what that one is? The boot, stretchy, stretchy. crushy, crushy, on your feet, particularly mm-hmm. very slowly breaking the bones in your foot. The witch's bridle, the stabby in the mouthy, stabby, stabby. The pillywinks. Ooh, let's find out what they are. It's really it's an anticlimax. Thumb screws. Uh, Fetch my pillywinks. I mean, thumbscrews are really pretty horrible. Yeah. Uh, fingernails being replaced with hot irons, which oh. now I believe is a um, beauty treatment. Oh, God. <laughs> and if all that failed, a healthy dose of garroting. <laughs> How are they going to confess if you're garroting them? You don't garrot them to death, obviously. You just garrot give them, them a, most of the way. Then. You swing them around by a knotted rope. <laughs> oh, my um, God. And I literally mean you swing them round by a knotted rope Jesus and Christ. then you see what happens. Understandably, though... Well, of course, why wouldn't you tell the truth after all that happening too? Yeah, well, he was onto a winner because person after person confessed and named other members of the imaginary coven just to make the torture stop, spreading the tragedy. I don't think you say that. I think, I think what clearly what happened here is is they were just like holding on to that vital satanic information mm. until the good King James just beat it out of them. Mm. He got the truth out of them, man. They weren't lying. Why would you lie? If you'd been lying, you'd have given it up straight away because what's easier than confessing a lie? Mm. You wouldn't wait to be tortured. 
It's all logical. It's yeah, all logical. It's all it all makes sense. And luckily, you know, I mean, it's 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 so lucky that they caught this one because by the end of it, they found out that this coven was over seventy people strong. This was Jesus Christ. This was a massive coven. This yeah, was. They could have taken over the whole of Northern yeah. Europe. At first, James, though, to his credit, he wasn't convinced. That was. I don't. I don't think anything's to his credit. He went around torturing people to make them tell him he was witches. Well, no, no. He was saying, "I'm not 100 percent on this. I'm 99, but <laughs> I want to make sure." So that was until he was in. He was interrogating personally an old lady called Agnes Sampson, who took him to one side. Hmm. I mean, I'm guessing this isn't a break in the <laughs> torturing. I don't think you normally just <laughs> take five people. Agnes, you can have a pint. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and told him things about his wedding night that no one could have known. Which, reading between the lines, I'm seeing as, and you couldn't get it up. Wait, hang on. His wedding night, was he wasn't even No, there. this was once he got there. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> so, do you think he... Do his you, first do, night do, with his wife that no one Do you think this is a remember. euphemism for, like, she took... Like, so, quote-unquote, she took him to one side and told him things about his wedding night that she couldn't have known. She She's a Scottish lady who's being tortured... Quite possibly, what actually happened was she was just screaming horrible insults at him, <laughs> and he was like, "My God, how did she know that I'm? I can't, I can't talk about it." <laughs> well, if she thought that this was going to help her, it didn't. She was then tied naked to a wall for several days in a witch's bridle before being slightly garroted until she confessed. Slightly garroted uh, to being a witch. She was then strangled and burned at the stake. So at least she wasn't alive for the burning. As each new witch was tortured, a clear story emerged, right? So mm. 200 witches had met at the old church with the devil himself to undertake a plan to kill a king, as the devil saw James as his greatest rival. So move over, Jesus, where there's a new player in town, and it's James. <laughs> to kill the king, the witches conspired with Danish witches to create storms by digging up corks Digging up corpses. Digging up corkscrews. We just need wine. There's not enough wine. <laughs> so they dug up corpses, tied bits of them to dead cats, and threw the bloody mess that they made into the sea. Okay. And that's how you raise a storm. So should you ever oh, need obviously. a storm, you need a, need a corpse, a, a, a dead corpse. cat, and when I say bits, I mean the bits. Uh... So, yeah, you've got to get deep down and nursty in some... Uh, Corpse genitalia. Macho, macho bullshit. Yeah. At first, it was John... Of course, the only thing that could cause a storm is a, is a cock. <laughs> but at first, it was John Fian, the local schoolmaster, who's thought to be the leader of the coven. Hmm. But eventually, under extreme torture, he admitted that the true mastermind was none other than the Earl of Bothwell, the man who had tried to charge too much to go and get Anne in James's place. Jesus. How deep does this conspiracy go? Oh, that's he's he's the head honcho. My so God. The entire point of him charging so much wasn't because that was the amount of money that was needed to equip a ship. It was because he was trying to make sure that James went so that he could kill him in a storm. Oh, it's see? all falling into place. Jesus so he, Christ. He's got his man. James is so, so clever, like, unbelievably clever. Yeah. Just the cleverest man in Scotland. John, Finney, uh, John Fian did recant everything just before he was executed, stating... Hmm. not unreasonably, I'd say, that he had made this confession because he really didn't want to be tortured anymore. And James chose to ignore <laughs> Obviously he was yeah. lying. Obviously he was lying. Well, James As I previously explained, <laughs> the position on torture causing the truth is logical and sound. <laughs> well, James, yeah, he, he chose to ignore this. And on 
the 15th of April, 1591, he had the Earl of Bothwell arrested. Bothwell protested his innocence. Of course he would. That's uh, what witches do. But until it, you torture them. But it didn't help that he'd been pardoned for treason by James only two years earlier. Uh, he tried to kidnap the king at Holyrood House. <laughs> okay. Because apparently kidnapping King James was just a thing Scottish nobles did periodically. Well, yeah, well, I suppose during his regency, it would mm. be like controlling the king out of yeah. So the whole affair was at an end. Yeah. Or at least it would have been, but Bothwell had broken out by the end of June, and a two-year cat-and-mouse chase began between James and Bothwell, with Bothwell convinced that if he could just talk to the king face-to-face, he could prove his innocence. So it was reverse cat. Excuse me? Oh, yawn. Cut that out. <laughs> or don't. So Bothwell, it was reverse cat and mouse. Bothwell was chasing ki- the king. <laughs> well, no, Both- Bothwell was both evading capture, but also trying to get away to speak to the king directly without anybody else there. <laughs> and amazingly... Did they play the Benny Hill music while they were chasing each other? Well, after On tag pipes. <laughs> You've got to question the, the level of guards they had because this is King James who was successfully kidnapped once, mm-hmm. almost successfully kidnapped a second time. And super paranoid about witches. Yeah, and he's super paranoid. And yet, Bothwell, the most wanted man in Scotland, was finally able to talk to the king directly on the 24th of July, 1593, when he smuggled himself into the king's bedchamber with 14 of his supporters. So four, 15 people. 15 people snuck, snuck into, into the king's Jesus. bedchamber. He made his argument. Right. Ju- Real talk. Had James actively tortured all the competent people under the suspicion of being witches? <laughs> it just seems like protecting the king was something that was taken very lightly in Scotland at the time. Jesus. So James... Confronted with a flash mob of 15 Scottish nobles <laughs> flash, while flash potentially <laughs> still being in his bedrobes, <laughs> uh, he accepted Bothwell's version of events. Uh, what? Pardoned him. Oh, God. Because when a crazy man or a man that you suspect to be a witch turns up in your bedchamber with, with 14 of his supporters and tells you, I need you to believe me right now. You you go along with him. Oh, Jimmy was dim. Jimmy was dim. Well, he pardoned him, and they had a feast together to celebrate the pardoning. (laughs) You know what would have been hilarious if the Earl of Bothwell had been like, I was a witch all along. (laughs) Well, it was a cunning ruse by James because presumably by the time of the feast, he had some more competent guards around him. (laughs) uh, And he had uh, Bothwell exiled. Only exiled. Yeah. Well, mm. that's what I thought, because it feels like there are easier ways to get rid of a noble who's already, let's face it, you've pardoned him for treason once. And you strongly suspect him of being a super powerful witch yeah. who wants to kill and you. And you are the king. It seems like you have more than enough grounds to go beyond Let's just that. kill him. Yeah. Uh, that marked the end of the North Berwick witch trials, but it was only the beginning of the troubles for any Scottish people who might be considered a little bit odd. Over 4,000 witchcraft trials would take place in the coming century. Mm. The next big spike in trials came less than a decade later, during the Great Witch Hunt in 1597, when it is estimated that around 200 Scottish people were put to death. Right. Well, you know what? 
taking a longer view in history. Okay. I'm not going to argue it's a good thing. I'm just saying that, like, you know, it sort of implies that mental illness is more of a societal ill than anything genetic, which we probably already knew anyway. But given how many probably mentally ill people were murdered for being witches mm. and that Scotland still has one of the highest rates of mental illness in Europe mm, per okay. population. Yeah. If they'd killed most of the mentally ill people, you'd expect them to have, if it was a genetic reason, you'd expect them to have a lower incidence of it, but they don't, which suggests there's societal and cultural reasons for it. So that's just an interesting socio... Um, well, it seems thing. like whether they were mentally ill or not, the people of Scotland were very easily influenced because <laughs> the great witch hunt uh, coincided with uh, King James publishing demonology, which covered not only witches and how to find them, but also werewolves and vampires, though it seems that no vampire or werewolf trials took place during oh, this time. They so, would have been so much more yeah. awesome. I think it's, to be honest, because witchcraft is vague... <laughs> whereas it seems Vampirism like there's very well, very yeah. easy ways of proving that you're not a vampire or a werewolf. Well, you could hold silver for one thing. Yeah, uh, explained how witches marks. <laughs> how did you know he was a vampire? Well, I stabbed him in the heart with a stake and he died. <laughs> so his his book it, it told you how to catch a witch. It explained how witches marks, better mm. known as birthmarks, mm, uh, and being left-handed. Well, it is. Yeah. Sinister is Latin for left hand, so yeah, that can't be a coincidence. It could indicate a person was a witch. So, based on that logic, over ten percent of the population instantly under suspicion, mm-hmm. including myself. Is that is that is ultimately is that suspicion the root of where we ended up in like the nineteen hundreds with left-handed kids getting smacked around the head for trying to write with their left hand? Yeah, <laughs> there was a deep-rooted idea that writing with your left hand in some way marked you as a deviant. Hilarious. I mean, the fact that you are a deviant has nothing to do with it. Correlation does not prove causation, as far as I'm concerned. And unfortunately for suspected witches, King James will go on to become the longest reigning Scottish monarch of all time. Ruling for an impressive 57 years and 246 days. All that proves is that witches did in all the other ones, and he got rid of so many damn witches that he just couldn't get around to getting him. Mm. I'm still firmly on the side of Jimmy the Witch Killer here. Well, he he definitely... Pure saint of the Kirk that he was. He stuck to it for his entire life because (laughs) after he became King of England as James I in 1603, one of the first things he did... More witch trials. Well, to create a new witchcraft act in Mm. 1604, which ensured that the English witches could look to... They could look forward to just the same level of um, legal... (laughs) Brutality. (laughs) I was going to say... The same level of thorough investigation <laughs> that the Scottish witches uh, were getting. And though he did start the first UK postal service, inspired Shakespeare to write Macbeth and rule over two decades of peace with Europe. I think he's probably mainly going to be remembered for the witch thing. So he was really dumb, but also... He was quite a competent ruler he just had a blind spot when it came to mm. this particular thing was he the one who which hated made tobacco cool. i don't know if he hated tobacco i don't have this here 
It depends. If smoke was coming out of your bottom, you were quite clearly a witch. I'm going to Google this. I don't normally do this in a, in, during a podcast, like an actual story podcast, but I'm fairly sure that James the Sixth or James the First of England tobacco. A counterblast to tobacco book by James the Sixth and First. A Counterblast to Tobacco is a treatise written by King James VI of Scotland and First of England in 1604, in which he expresses his distaste for tobacco, particularly smoking of tobacco. It is one of the earliest anti-tobacco publications. Wow. So there you go. Mixed bag. (laughs) (laughs) Very mixed bag. Well, it seems like actually the only negative to everything was the witchcraft thing, but Mm. it was such a massive negative <laughs> sort of overshadowed yeah all else. the good that he did which is a shame really yeah. poor bugger In i mean s- i'm gonna go i'm gonna go back to the like before all the jokes where i jokingly support his logical quote-unquote position on witchcraft and all the rest of it my original theory was he was sublimating his gay desires into a hatred of witches because that was more palatable than just saying you know what i like the sweaty man dudes and isn't that a sad fact that having hundreds of innocent people burned was just his way of coping with the fact that he had urges that he was just not allowed to well, express. again, to loop back round to one of the overriding themes of this podcast, or at least one of the themes that I'm trying desperately to drag to the forefront of this broadcast is privilege is bad <laughs> because it means that when the people at the top want to do crazy things for crazy reasons, they can get away with it and the normal people suffer. Yeah. They are a bit odd, though. You've got to be odd. First. The, the witches, yeah. Or... Normal, <laughs> no, normal people. No, they're fine. They are normal. No, because they do things like use medicine. Those bastards. And and learn about things like mm. herbology and you know have an interest in the natural <laughs> cycle of herbology. the world. <laughs> this yeah. is me sound like Harry Potter. <laughs> but ultimately, I feel sorry for James because firmly, I mean, again, we've got no evidence, as you said at the start, mm. but. I firmly believe that he is just either a bisexual or more likely fully gay man who couldn't, like, not only could he not, he couldn't even privately face it because he'd been indoctrinated into a psychopathic strain of Protestantism and also encouraged to believe that he was the sole provider of the macho qualities of his nation and eventually nation's so he sublimated those desires into a very, very harmful and weird hatred of all that was different and unusual, which he explained as witches. So I feel sorry for him. I feel more sorry for all the people that got burned and tortured. Right. It's hard to argue against that, so I will not. <laughs> I may come back to you with a written response <laughs> in due course. It's got to be 400 words, double-spaced, minimum. <laughs> <laughs>